Welcome to Scope It Out. In this edition, guest host Dr. Amber Luong will be speaking to Dr. John Delgadio about his article, Central Compartment Involvement in Aspirin Exacerbated Respiratory Disease, the Role of Allergy and Previous Sinus Surgery. This episode of Scope It Out is made possible by support from Medtronic. Medtronic's enabling technologies help you perform sinus and skull-based surgery using powered ENT instruments, surgical navigation systems, and balloon sinus surgery tools. Through innovative technology integration, Medtronic brings surgical synergy to your OR, facilitating operative efficiency, value, and outcomes. Visit www.medtronic.com forward slash ENT to learn more. Hello and welcome to Scope It Out, the podcast for the International Forum of Allergy and Rhinology. I'm Amber Luong, and this month I will be talking to Dr. John Delgadio, Professor and Vice Chair of the Department of Otolaryngology at Emory University. Welcome, John. Thank you for having me, Amber. Yeah, and first, thank you for your time today. And um, what we're going to try to do today is to understand your recent publication entitled Central Compartment Involvement in Aspirin Exasperated Respiratory Disease, the Role of Allergy in Previous Sinus Surgery. So, John, I know that you're the first to kind of describe this entity that you coined Central Compartment Atopic Disease. You know, for those of us who aren't as familiar with this entity, can you give us a, a brief description of CCAD? Absolutely, and, and actually that's the exact place that we need to start for this because it, it's tough to understand this paper completely in isolation if you're not aware of what's been previously published. So this actually all started in 2014 with our initial publication on isolated middle turbinate polyps and their relationship to inhale and allergy. We found that patients who had uh, isolated polypoid edema or discrete polyps on the head of the middle turbinates were almost always, essentially in our paper, they all had allergies. And there were two subsequent follow-up papers by other groups that confirmed this. So uh, in 2017, I then described a group of patients that essentially had one step further involvement of what we call the central compartment of the nose. And what that is, is the upper, the superior posterior nasal septum with or without the middle turbinate and superior turbinate. And I term that central compartment because obviously it's in the central portion of the nose. And the importance of that is if we understand normal airflow through the nose, air flows not through the bottom of the nose near the inferior turbinate, but actually arcs over the head of the inferior turbinate through the central compartment superiorly and then over the tail of the inferior turbinate. So this central compartment structures are highly involved with airflow and filtering and allergen deposition. So central compartment atopic disease is essentially a very advanced form uh, or manifestation of allergic rhinitis where these patients get polypoid changes of those central compartment structures, the nasal septum, the middle turbinate, and superior turbinate, or any combination of those structures. And before we lead into this specific paper, what percentage do you think where you'll see these types of changes associated with just your allergic rhinitis cohort? That's a great question, and we really don't have any idea of what that could be. Allergic rhinitis is such a common mm-hmm. disease process. A huge percentage of the population, estimated up to 40% of patients, can have allergic rhinitis symptoms. Obviously, the percentage of patients who have central compartment polypoid disease is going to be much lower. So we haven't figured out all of the details of who gets it, why they get it. We do know that it tends to be long-standing, poorly treated allergic rhinitis, 
We know that once we identify patients with it and we address it either surgically or usually surgically and uh, medically, we can control the disease very well as far as the physical manifestations by controlling the allergies and removing the changes that have already occurred. Okay, interesting. So let's dive into this paper that you have, and congratulations on its publication. Can you explain what you you guys set out to explore when looking at this cohort of aspirin-exasperated respiratory disease patients? As we mentioned, over the last several years, identifying the central compartment involvement as a um, manifestation of inhaled allergy, what I've been noticing over many years, and now I've been in practice for 24 years, is that I've noticed that a lot of aspirin-exacerbated respiratory disease patients, especially patients who've had previous surgery and recur, we notice, or I've noticed, polyply changes of the nasal septum. And for years, I thought maybe it was just the residual middle turbinate that was scarred to the nasal septum, and that was polypoid. But after elucidating the central compartment disease process, then I came to the realization this may actually represent central compartment changes in this group of patients. So the study design was set out to determine, based on endoscopic findings of the presence or absence of central compartment disease, and correlating that with both allergy status, as far as clinical allergic rhinitis, allergy testing status, and also looking into other factors such as uh, previous surgical history. I see. And then, so because AERD has polyps as part of its disease, how do you differentiate, I guess, in this retrospective study, central compartment polyps and sinonasal polyps associated with AERD? Right. So sinonasal compartments are different than central compartment polyps. Again, the central compartment polyps are going to be, and in this study, the biggest group was patients with actually nasal septal polypoid changes or polyps. But there's a huge difference between central compartment disease and diffuse sinonasal polyposis because diffuse sinonasal polyposis obviously involves the sinuses. So it's in the ethmoids, ethmoids most commonly, but also the maxillary, the frontal, the sphenoids, whereas central compartment polyps are going to be on the nasal septum with or without the middle and superior turbinates. Can there be crossover? Sure, because we know that patients, there's going to be a percentage of patients with any CRS with nasal polyp subtype that also have allergies, so they may also have a manifestation of central compartment involvement. So what we set out to determine is what percentage of these patients with exacerbated respiratory disease had central compartment involvement, and was there a relationship between allergy and between surgical status? I see. Okay. So what you're saying is that the big differentiator is these polyps primarily found kind of more in the on the septum versus the the sinuses. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Because so that's what that's what defines central compartment. Isolated central compartment disease, similar to isolated middle turbinate polyps, doesn't have involvement of the sinuses. Or if it does, it's a secondary involvement. It's from either polypoid involvement of the septum and the middle turbinate that then obstructs the sinuses. Mm-hmm. And then there's a secondary obstructive sinusitis. Hmm. Okay. And the other kind of on the similar uh, vein of questioning. So you defined in your paper people who had clinical allergic rhinitis. How did you differentiate clinical allergic rhinitis from just symptoms associated with their sinus disease, given the fact that there's so much overlap in these symptoms? 
that was actually probably the hardest part of this entire project because I had to scour uh, the medical records. We tried to document as much as possible within our otolaryngology records the patient's allergy status. And uh, I've been doing that more and more since I started identifying the middle turbinate the central compartment disease. So it's essentially typical symptoms of allergic rhinitis. So just nasal congestion obviously can be found in any nasal or sinus process. So we're looking for seasonal uh, changes with increased nasal congestion, increased rhinorrhea, sneezing, allergic conjunctivitis. So all the typical symptoms of clinical allergic rhinitis. We looked at outside records. Obviously, we also looked at um, allergy testing, and a large percentage of our patients in this study had allergy testing. Uh, I believe almost 90% of our patients included in the study had allergy testing. So we looked at those separately as far as clinical allergic rhinitis symptoms, and we also looked at allergy testing and positivity. I see. You went through, and I I loved the fact that you, you know, you're in your tables, you went through all the different types of derivations of combinations, I guess, that you could have. And so I guess, you know, when you were looking at, you know, the prevalence of allergic rhinitis in your cohort is is pretty high, 70%, or I think you quoted 86%, I guess the way you do your numbers. Right, close yeah, to 90%. So it, yeah, I guess it depended on how you, you wanted to look at the numbers, but I saw where you got your 80%. But so because of that high comorbidity, I guess it's hard to really, to me, it's hard to differentiate like central compartment polyps associated with allergic rhinitis or vice versa just because of the high levels of allergic rhinitis in your in your AERD patients. So to me, I was really interested in that cohort of patients of AERD patients without allergic rhinitis. Can you review that data for us and and how that sort of tied into your observation? There were obviously those patients with central compartment involvement and those without. Mm-hmm. So of the patients with central compartment involvement, which was 59 out of 72 patients in this study, because this study was limited to AERD patients who had endoscopic documentation of the, the status of the central compartment. So this was not our entire AERD population. It was just those that had definitive endoscopic documentation. So of the ones with central compartment, 100% of them had clinical allergic rhinitis. Of the ones without central compartment, there were only 13 out of 72 who didn't have central compartment involvement. Of those patients, two didn't have any allergy records. So we had 11 patients of which I believe only four of 11 had clinical allergic rhinitis. So we have 36% of our non-central compartment patients had clinical allergic rhinitis. So the majority of them obviously did not have clinical allergic rhinitis. And if we take it further and look at the patients without central compartment involvement who had allergy testing, uh, I believe three of seven, so 44% of patients had positive allergy testing compared to approximately 90% of the patients with central compartment involvement in AERD who had positive allergy testing. Yeah. No, I, that's, I mean, that spoke pretty strongly. I guess the only the only limitation is just that is a relatively small group. Um, I guess it will exactly. bear out when you look more at that patient population. So well, the other question – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say one more thing, and, and, and we did state this in, this in the paper also, is that obviously living and having a practice in the southeastern United States, in Atlanta, Georgia – we're in an area that has, uh, just like you, has pretty much year-round allergies. Mm-hmm. So this data may not be completely, maybe not be able to extrapolate it completely to other areas that have 
much more or much less allergy or much more seasonal variations mm-hmm. um, because the allergy load uh, and the allergen load here in the southeast is significant. It may be 11 months out of the year where right. our patients are being exposed to environmental allergen, not just dust mites, but, but uh, outdoor allergies. Right. So the other question I had, when you first started, you talked about the airflow through the nose, and it primarily hits that whole central compartment area that you described. How do you know that, that the increased polypoid changes that are occurring on the septum and on the polyps, especially after they've had surgery or their middle turbinate partially resected, how is that not maybe potentially changes associated with, like, physical irritation from the increased airflow versus an actual allergen, you know, IgE-mediated response and inflammation? Well, there is no way to uh, to completely eliminate the possibility that there could be other factors. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we correlated with allergy because it's much easier to document that. Once the nose is compromised, it lowers the threshold for injury from other factors such as inhaled particles and uh, irritants and things like that. So there may be an element of that also. Um, you know, as we see with patients with chronic inflammatory disease, they're more sensitive to other things that they breathe in, like perfumes or mm-hmm. uh, or bad air quality, smoke, all those things. So there may be an element of that, and we can't rule that out. But uh, it also doesn't change the results of the association with allergic rhinitis in addition to the allergy testing results. I see. I find the whole thing quite fascinating. When you're interpreting this data, I mean, do you think that, you know, and I think it's kind of started out with your introduction, do you think then that allergic rhinitis somehow is associated um, to the pathophysiology of AERD as well? How does that relate down to the pathophysiology? I don't think that allergic rhinitis is involved in the pathophysiology of of AERD. I think AERD is its own independent disease process. But I think, as I've already said, once the nose is compromised by whatever disease process, then is more susceptible to further insult by other factors. And I think in this population of patients, there's so much inflammatory disease that the normal functioning of the nasal cavity is further compromised. And they may be more susceptible to the effects of allergic rhinitis. And therefore, there's such a large percentage of them in our study that has central involvement. One other thing is that, as you see in the title, we also looked at previous surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's very interesting that the patients with septal involvement had, on average, compared to the patients with central involvement without septal involvement, had undergone more than twice as many surgeries. In addition, there were 11 patients who had previous complete resection of the middle turbinate, and every one of those had septal involvement. It's not a cause and effect. But it actually is a very interesting point. The question is, because it doesn't, there are some computational fluid dynamic studies that shows what happens when the middle turbine is resected. It doesn't change the airflow patterns. Air actually flows in the same arc, but it spends more time in the area of the resected middle turbine than it does when the middle turbine is actually present. And also the shearing forces on the mucosa are changed so that you actually have less shearing forces which both of these things may lead to more allergen deposition when the middle turbinate is absent. And what I think is fascinating is I've actually seen a couple of patients who've had previous middle turbinate resections who don't have AERD, mm-hmm. but have significant inhalant allergens, allergies, 
either where they either did or, or haven't had previous immunotherapy, who actually form these the polypoid changes on the septum. And in one case, it almost looks like a middle turbinate on both sides. And the question is, is the body trying to increase the surface area to essentially do, replicate the function of the middle turbinate with the filtering capacity? And obviously, that's just a theory. But uh, I'm see, the more I look at this in my patients, the more I see it. So it's actually a very interesting phenomenon. Yeah, definitely. So you sort of touched on something that made me think about when you were talking about how if you partially or uh, resect the middle turbinate, the airflow is, or the airflow is still in that area, but then because now you have the space, you have polypoid changes. One of the concerns that I can imagine people thinking about is that in our sinusitis patients where we're opening up all those sinus cavities, and now that you're showing where the airflow, I know, is primarily in the central compartment, can that observation that you're having have treatment or have implications on our sinusitis patients, making it more likely or more susceptible to, let's say, polyps or recurrence of polyps in their other areas of the of the sinus cavity now that their sinuses are, are exposed to more allergens. That's a really good observation also because we have been seeing that. And actually, very interesting, the first patient I ever saw with central compartment atopic disease, my index patient, who I still see to this day, had limited sinus disease. He had a deviated septum, but he had central compartment polyps. And the surgery I did on him was a septoplasty I trimmed his middle turbinate polyps, and I opened up his sinuses, despite the fact that on one side there was minimal disease. And he's not the most compliant patient. So when he goes off his therapy, he's on immunotherapy, which he's actually been good with, but when he goes off his topical steroid irrigations, he gets significant polypoid edema in his ethmoid sinuses. And you're correct. Well, in those cases with significant inhalant allergies, after sinus surgery, we are exposing naive sinus mucosa the allergens that it hasn't seen before. So there's the potential for then developing allergic changes, which in the extreme can be polyps, in the sinuses after we open them up surgically. So my approach has kind of evolved as I've seen more and more of the central compartment disease and the effect of allergy. So I try to be very conservative with the middle turbinates. So I'll trim them if I need to, as far as sculpt them, removing the polyps, if I need to do a conservative resection, I will. Even leaving a part of the middle turbinate still provides surface area to allow it to function as a filter and to protect that, you know, the nasopharynx and possibly even the lower airway from inhaled allergens, in addition to helping to protect the sinuses. Interesting. So any other treatment implications on how you manage your patients who have sinusitis or maybe just specifically AERD and a significant inhalant allergic rhinitis component. Do you, are there any other treatment implications that we should be taking from your observations? I think what's really important, especially in the AERD population, is identifying this, these patients as early as possible that they have AERD. And I also recommend because, and again, uh, this may be a regional issue, but I also recommend allergy testing these patients. Uh, sometimes we worry about allergy testing because they have significant asthma, and sometimes their asthma is difficult to control. That tends to be more of a problem later in the disease process, uh, especially when their polyp burden in their nasal cavity is significant. But the earlier we can identify these patients both as far as their AERD and also as their allergic rhinitis, and the more we can control these processes, 
the better our long-term outcomes are going to be. Well, yeah, you definitely chose a, a difficult patient population because of that whole middle turbinate management because, you know, there's now more discussion about maybe we should resect that anterior portion of the middle turbinate and maybe go straight to a more open frontal sinus in these patients, but then it may have other implications in terms of you might get recurrent polyps because of that. Yeah, that's a very good point, especially since these AERD patients, especially when they recur, especially multiple times, have Mm -hmm. very difficult to control polyps. And there are a lot of forces that are promoting low throat procedures, especially early in the disease process. And I actually think in those patients who have central compartment involvement, specifically septal involvement uh, with AERD, that a lothrop actually could be beneficial in these patients. And the reason is that central compartment, the central compartment polyps on the septum can extend as anterior as the bony cartilaginous junction. So they extend anterior to the middle turbinate. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is this is derived from ethmoid mucosa, and that's where the ethmoid mucosa starts. So we need to address that mucosa in these patients. So shaving it down and, you know, if we're going to, be as aggressive as possible with it, that actually removing that mucosa by doing the superior septectomy mm-hmm. uh, as part of the Lothrop actually improves that area dramatically. What it also does is also uh, allows better access for irrigation to that central compartment uh, medial to the middle turbinate. By trimming that anterior head, we get a little better access to the irrigation. Got it. Well, thank you so much, John, for sharing your paper and your observations and your insight uh, with us. Now, I wanted to kind of end with something fun. Where is your favorite or what? where has been your favorite or most interesting place, not in the U.S., that you visited recently? So how recent do you want to be? I actually just <laughs> got back. I, the, the, the Open Championship is playing right now in Northern Ireland, but I just got back on Sunday from a week-and-a-half trip in England and Scotland playing golf and had the opportunity to play four open championship courses. Now, that's not my favorite trip, but that's my most recent trip outside of the country. That sounds great. Well, I hope you feel refreshed and ready to go back to work. And again, thank you, John, for taking the time to share with us the observations in your paper. And with that, goodbye. Well, thank you, Andrew. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today. Thank you for listening. Scope It Out is a co-production of the International Forum of Allergy and Rhinology and Wiley. All opinions in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of Wiley or of the sponsors.